Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and today we're going to do Request Part 26, but with a twist today, as we are going to be talking exclusively about Wyoming talent today. In which case, I would like to preface some things. Max Preps is not super updated for a lot of these players, and they're pretty pretty hard to find on social media except for some of them. So, you know, as far as commitment status or stars or recruiting or stats, this is going to be more on just the eyeball test for a lot of these players and you know with with a couple of exceptions but you know we're going to start off with carson schultz the torrington high school linebacker slash running back six foot 200 pounds class of 2022 and for carson here i'm going to talk about his linebacker film because that's what i see his future in football being as opposed to running back Uh, not to say that he can't go to the next level at the running back position However, if I'm a scout, I'm going to be recruiting Carson Schultz at linebacker. And here's some reasons why, you know, Carson has a very, very fast first step off the line and he diagnoses run plays pretty well, you know, and I think part of that is, you know, he just has this kind of eagerness to him to get downhill and to make those plays. You know, he's super downhill. His first step is always forward. He excels, especially on, you know, those power plays, those stretch plays, inside zone plays or what have you. He's consistently in the backfield on those plays. And, you know, part of the reason why he's able to get back there so fast is he just really is a very fast player, especially for a six foot, 200 pound linebacker, you know. And part of his speed is on display when he is asked to play actually also tight end, where he has pretty good speed straight off the line. And that goes the exact same way at the linebacker position where he gets a great first step whether he's blitzing through the middle or blitzing off the edge and he's beating tackles or he's beating center guards tight ends to the punch he's able to consistently do these things and you know end up finding success at doing said things and that's another strength that he has is you know you can line up carson anywhere across the front line or at any point position from the linebacker position and he's going to find success doing those blitz plays and finding a way to get into the backfield on all kinds of plays, including, you know, I I mentioned that his inside game is super good, but whenever he is at the outside linebacker position, he does make plays on outside pitch plays or toss plays at the linebacker position. So, you know, he, he shows great instincts and great downhill speed and, you know, ability to disrupt plays and, and be a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Also, you know, I do like seeing his, great hustle on special teams you know specifically his punt plays where he gets down the field fast and in a hurry like his tail's on fire and makes plays and you know we want i'd say that scouts love to see that kind of hustle on all facets of the ball and you know it it just gives scouts more reasons to play you at multiple positions and get you more playing time on special teams and it's also a great path to continue to or more playing time at the position that you are actually recruited for. So Carson, I say continue up the hustle with special teams, never miss a moment or an opportunity to play special teams if you ever get those opportunities. And, you know, another thing that Carson here is good at is punching the ball out. You know, he has a very strong knack for just getting his fist or his mitt right on the ball carrier's, you know, uh, ball carrying hand or on the ball itself and punching it out. He does this both on special teams and on the defensive side of the ball, especially from you know a blitzing linebacker perspective, this is tantalizing to a scout who 
wants to get, you know, some strip sex going, especially when you have a player who can blitz the way that Carson does. So, but with all these things being said, there are some areas of improvement for Carson to improve his recruiting status by next year, since he is a class of 2022. And to help Torrington try and secure this, you know, try and secure a run at state, you know, they are ranked, I believe, seventh in the state right now, and they play 2A football. And I already did a breakdown on Bo Bivens, which if you haven't, go ahead and check that out. That is episode 14, and I talked about some things that he can do to help Torrington get, you know, back into the playoffs and find some, some success. But, you know, Carson is also a part of that. And to this player and the next one that I'm going to be doing a breakdown on, you know, getting a state title for Torrington is going to help out your recruiting a lot more than it's going to hurt it. So, but anyways, back to Carson and some areas of improvement here. He tackles way too freaking high. His chest is at other players' helmet levels or, you know, also at their chest level. And you don't want to meet them standing straight up. You know, there's a couple of tackles or huge hits that Carson left on the field by not being, by, by simply not being lower or the lowest man, because lowest man always wins in football. If you don't know this, it's a tale as old as time. And, you know, once again, I talk about leverage basically every week. And Carson here falls on the wrong side of that, unfortunately. So Carson, just work on, you know, bending those freaking knees, dude, and using your leg power to land some big hits. And that's another thing that I kind of wish I saw more of because I don't think he's playing quite to his physical potential. You know, there's one play where he is just arm grabbing this guy and I, you know, I legitimately face palmed. I put my face in my hands. I was like, what are you doing? Like, go make a hit, right? Or like, go tackle the ball or like, don't play patty cake with this guy. It's very offsetting to see something like that, especially from the linebacker position that's expected to be so physical and so, you know, just aggressive and mean. I want to see more of that from Carson, especially because I know he has it in him. You know, another thing that was kind of a red flag for me is I didn't see a lot of passing film, you know, pass game film. So I wonder if he's a liability either as a zone coverage or as a man coverage linebacker. And I feel like, you know, his downhill play could get him to bite on play actions. And maybe, you know, that's one thing where he has to learn the line of, you know, when he could pursue downfield or, you know, pursue downhill and make some huge plays, make some huge hits or where he needs to kind of, you know, show a little bit more discipline, stay pat and not bite on play actions. Because if I wanted to be Carson Schultz, that's what I do is I'd run play actions. And then last but not least, I want to see more pass, pass rush moves developed. A lot of his blitzes come basically based off of timing or, you know, just quick arm shed moves. I think that, you know, he could definitely, once again, I think this plays into being a bit more of a physical football player. Carson can definitely add a bull rush to his repertoire and pass rush. And I think that, you know, also including a sidestep or like a little hesitation move could be huge for Carson because of the speed that he has. So just expand your moves, tackle lower for cripe's sake. And, you know, just, just play playing lower will also help you hit a bit harder, but don't shy away from contact, lower those legs and explode through them. Always tackle through the player that you're tackling and you'll find a lot more success in both the big hits category as well as, you know, just more playing time and more offers. But speaking of offers, where do I see Carson Schultz going? I'm going to be honest. Um, I feel like there's a lot of potential here 
for Carson Schultz. However, I still feel that he is a very raw football player. So if you're any you know upper division of football, you're talking about a project player here in Carson Schultz who you might get one year of full-time playing time out of or, you know, uh, best case scenario too, but that's very best case scenario. I do think that Carson Schultz, you know, he obviously has a lot of homes at the NAIA level, I'd say. At the linebacker position, you know, he kind of reminds me of a bit less refined own Busetti at the linebacker position. And, you know, I think depending on if he addresses a lot of these areas, however, in the class of 2022, you know, he has good size at six foot, 200 pounds. I'd even say put on another 10 pounds to really get some scouts looking. And, you know, if he's able to address these things, I could see him being a low-end FCS D1 player. He might be able to walk on to the University of Wyoming. I know that Wyoming has a soft spot for those Wyoming boys, um, you know, those in-state talents. So I'd see what kind of possibilities there are there. But honestly, if you want to further your football career the absolute most, I'd say that JUCO might be the best route for you so that you can get that collegiate coaching, get that collegiate weights training, get that collegiate physicality and edge right and see if after two years of playing in that system that you could get a chance at you know a bigger school or something like that so that would be my recommendation to maximize carson schultz's outlook here and you know that's uh that's what i got here for carson obviously i wish wish carson nothing but the best everyone on this show you know on this episode is welcome onto the show anytime and coming up next i have another torrington high school player coming up Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and we're back at Torrington High School in Wyoming to join, you know, one of Bo Bivens' favorite targets, Kaiser Wolf, the six foot three wide receiver in the class of 2022. So I'll start with some areas of improvement for Kaiser. First off, uh, improve your social media a little bit and, you know, check up on Max Preps and see what that can do for you. Because I couldn't find any stats or, you know, even your weight. Um, so that's one part of the game that I just don't have any idea on. And you might need to put on weight or you might need to lose weight. I'm not really sure what it looks like. But the first thing I want to see from this wide receiver out of Torrington is to see his hands become a bit more consistent. And what I mean by that is, you know, he has some amazing grabs by the sideline where, you know, he's fully outstretched. He snaps that ball out of the air like an alligator snapping its jaw shut on something and he, you know he, he completes the pass and finds a way to make a play however there are some plays where he's bobbling it for a little too long on like screen plays or bubble routes and that's super concerning to me because you should be able to make those catches in your sleep and then there's other plays where you know he does catch it with his body pretty hard i'd say you know like so I'd say sometimes on inside routes, he definitely catches it with his body kind of hard. And it's like, I want to see Kaiser watch the ball in to his hands every single route, even if it's an easy route like your slants or your bubble routes or your screen routes. Just catch the dang ball, watch it go all the way into your hands, right into that diamond and, and move on with your life. And just that consistency and, you know, that shows a lot to me as a scout for you to be able to round, kind of round off you know, 
those talents of yours and figure that out. But, you know, I'd say also I want to see his releases expanded. He kind of only has one release. It's not super fast and, you know, it's not super explosive because uh, talking about his stance too, I always bring up these stances. It's kind of slouched and lean forward in a kind of really awkward way that impacts the way he gets off the ball. And, you know, honestly, I think that there are going to be some cornerbacks at the next level who would watch Kaiser's film and lick their chops because they are going to be able to jam him right out of the play on higher levels of football. And, you know, I'll kind of talk about, you know, that in a second as far as level of competition. But, you know, I definitely needs to work on expanding releases, improving his stance so that it's more balanced and more explosive off the line. And then also... You know, I'm not entirely sure what his speed looks like. He doesn't have a 40 yard dash listed, but I will say that, you know, I don't see him go one-on-one -on -one for a lot of go routes, you know, and there's a player that I'll talk about a little bit later who, you know, did excel at those one-on-one -on -one routes and, you know, excelled at, you know, using their speed to their advantage. So I want to see, you know, more go routes, more jump ball situations on the sidelines and less so on the middle of the field and you know i think that he's capable of doing it i'm pretty sure that there were some examples of that on bo biven's film i'm pretty sure but i want to see more of that and i want to see him use his speed for you know more hitch and goes or more you know in and ups or something like that that you know is more of a testament to increasing your burst increasing your speed and finding ways to beat defensive backs in a higher variety i'll say and the last areas of area of concern, obviously, and I told Bo this is that you know you really have to glow on that two A Wyoming football level to get eyes because Wyoming, look, y'all have the least people of any state in the entire country, and so you got to make sure that you're in like the top ten or top twenty five of that state if you're gonna get noticed. But that does it for you know areas of improvement for Kaiser. Talking about some of his strengths, you know. Kaiser does run routes from both the inside and the outside, you know. The double move that he does use as far as from a proficient standpoint is pretty solid, and I say that that's more of a testament to his route running, you know. He does run a pretty decent variety of routes, you know, as far as those uh, corner out routes, those post routes, those seam routes, slant routes, you know, those out and in routes, those comeback routes, those hitch routes. You know, he does run a, a wide variety of those routes and then just straight up out routes and in routes from both the slot and the outside receiver position. If you listen to our top wide receivers episode, which if you haven't, go ahead and give that a listen, then you understand that versatility is the most important aspect to us here at the Playmakers Corner. And Kaiser Wolf shows exactly that by proficiency in both the slot and on the outside, you know, with the routes that he runs and with the leverage that he's able to bring. So... Also, his legs, his legs are very powerful. You can tell this by, you know, his jump ball capabilities. He does have some springs on him, as well as the fact that he's super hard to tackle and bring down. You know, there's this one play where he actually sheds three tackles on this already contested catch that he makes, you know, with like five or six yards to go to get into the end zone. And, you know, I think that shows that's both a, a testament, obviously, to his leg strength and for, you know, how dynamic of an athlete he is with, you know, the jump ball situations. But um, 
He also can push through and he has good strength. I'm pretty sure that his weight is not a concern. And you can't really go wrong with six foot three at the wide receiver position, especially when you have somebody who has hops like Wolf here. You know, he's going to win a lot of jump ball situations. He has both trust. He wins double coverage. And his route run, part of his route running is also the field awareness that he has, where he's just able to find the open grass and put himself in a position to make plays in double coverage, to make plays in triple coverage, to finish off runs and to get into the end zone no matter where he is on the field. And it all starts, you know, with the versatility that he brings, the kind of mental IQ that he has with the route running, and also just how athletic he is both with the ball in his hands as far as throwing screenplays and taking it to the house where he shows pretty good speed, but also in with the ball not in his hands and in the air where he finds ways to come down with really tough catches and you know his and I'll wrap it up with his body control and talking about two specific plays. So, you know, one play is he's going in motion from right to left across the formation and he turns into a wheel route and Bo puts it, you know, in front of the safety but behind the linebacker or slot corner that was tasked with following Kaiser and Wolf just goes up and makes a phenomenal catch on the ball. And, you know, he's kind of in an awkward spot coming down. But he gets, I'm pretty sure he gets both feet in bounds, even though he only needs one. And so for his body to be kind of all over the place like that, already in motion, sprinting left, turning up field, going right, going up, coming down with his pass, and, you know, making the play inevitably in bounds before the safety can come down and ruin his night is huge from a body control perspective. And not even in the best example. The best example, I think, is, you know, they're in the goal line. They're within the 10-yard line. And Bo throws this fade route, this back shoulder fade. And Kaiser does a great job of running really hard at the defender's, you know, inside shoulder. You know, he works him outside, then he goes inside. And then pop, just stops on a dime, turns around, and catches that football, you know. Um, he's willing to obviously jump for it, but he, he jumps even though he doesn't need to for it. But it does help him get to that back shoulder position and, you know, just adjust to the ball on the fly. And Kaiser's, you know, seeing that, obviously, from an OC perspective and from a former wide receiver perspective, is just so encouraging and, you know, opens up infinite possibilities for what you can run with Kaiser Wolf as your wide receiver from either slot or outside position. Talking about outlook, once again, if you want to shine, you absolutely have to be a top 25 player and you know he obviously i think he obviously has respect from people in wyoming you know he's he was rated a top 10 uh returning wyoming high school football player from a wyoming football blog wyoming football headquarters i think it is and you know he shows a lot of upside as a basketball player as well and i think that's where a lot of his springs come from and you know just being dominant with the ball and knowing what to do with the ball in your hands but with these things considered, Kaiser Wolf, I think at best could be a lower. Uh, I think that Kaiser Wolf's a D two player, uh, mainly due to the competition that he faces, and you know just a lot of unknowns that I don't personally know as far as his weight and his exact forty yard dash time. But that's kind of where I stand with Kaiser Wolf. I do think that, you know, at best, he could definitely, with a huge season and with a state championship in mind, he could maybe get some looks from some FCS programs based off of just his size and athleticism. But 
it's hard to compare when you just don't know the level of competition or when the level of competition doesn't hold up to Kaiser super well. But that's all I have for Torrington High School requests. Now we're going to go to Cokeville and talk about a linebacker coming up. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stauffer, and now we are at Cokeville High School in Wyoming talking about the six foot one, 205-pound class of 2021 linebacker Nate Barnes out of Cokeville High School once again. And Nate has a few accolades, but I'm actually going to start with some areas of improvement for Nate Barnes here. And one of them is he really needs to work on his hip movement and flexibility at the linebacker position. He has kind of a hard time changing directions super fast. And you can see this pretty heavily in your play action film typically, and then your misdirection film or just him having to play in pass coverage a lot. You know, he definitely kind of plays really stiff and kind of square. And I'd like to see him just work on that A, hip mobility and open up those hip flexors quite a bit. And then being able to play off of that hip mobility and transition and make some plays. But, you know, I also think that building off of that, he could work on his explosiveness when changing direction or just, you know, general explosion from the linebacker position moving forward or, you know, side to side, whatever direction it will help, you know, make a lot of a lot more plays both in the backfield and in the pass game to be a lot more explosive. It also helps with closing speed as well as, you know, like uh, makeup speed, which opens up once again, more plays that you can be on involved on in the passing game as well as, you know, maybe making some plays on the outside or the boundaries against some of those outside receivers or slot receivers. I also think that, you know, his explosiveness will help him off the ball because a lot of the time it looks like he, you know, kind of jumps the snap really well and just has like a really high football IQ and watches film on what the cadence is. But, you know, that's not going to work every time on the next level. Um... I do want to see some expansion of block shedding moves or pass rush moves. I either want to see more of them or I want to see the ones that I saw more refined. Like I think that, you know, you only see one or two bull rushes from Barnes here on his entire film. And I think that Nate has the capability of being a very solid bull rusher, you know, from that linebacker position and from that blitz position. So I want to see that improved and, you know, multiplied. And I want to see Nate go for the ball a little bit more. You know, there's not a lot of instances where Barnes punches the ball out or forces fumbles from like really huge hits or, you know, just having a, having that kind of fist, kind of like Carson Schultz that I was talking about earlier does. You know, he doesn't quite have that on-ball kind of playmaking ability or like, you know, that forcing turnover-like mentality, I'd say. And so... I think that Barnes just needs to work on his mentality in general. I, I want to see him play and hit a lot more violent. You know, he makes a lot of, you know, good tackles and safe tackles, and that's nice. But also from the line, from my linebackers, I want to have a guy where, you know, if they throw a slant over the middle or if they throw a crossing route over the middle or try and run a dive play right at you, you set the tone. And, you know, that's what a linebacker's job is. And I think that, you know, Nate has the ability to do such a thing but he just hasn't done it yet. Uh, and I think that he's had plenty of opportunities to light kids up. And I think, you know, he, he definitely should have, or, you know, in this in the future, just be way more aggressive of a linebacker and make bigger hits. 
some things that make Nate Barnes such a special player, you know, a three-time All-State player and a Wyoming Super 25 player, as named by, you know, the Casper Star Tribune. You know, they do a Super 25 every year, and, you know, Nate Barnes look like, looks like he was on it a couple times. So, and why is that? How was he able to rack up, you know, 222, you know, tackles in his career up and before the 2020 season, you know, with 151 tackle season in 2019 and, you know, 23 tackles for loss on his career with 10 sacks, eight fumble recoveries, two pump blocks and five interceptions. Well, you know, it only got better in 2020 on a shortened thing on a shortened season. And here's why, you know, he uses his arms very well to keep distance from blockers and get off of blocks when necessary. You know, he he shows a small variety of pass rush moves as far as, you know, just being able to block shed in the first place and kind of shuck left or right. And, you know, also he has a, he has a pretty strong sidestep pass rush move, I'd say. And, you know, between these things and, you know, the potential that I saw from the bull rush, I really like where Nate Barnes could head as a blitzing linebacker. And, you know, his first step is very consistent and it puts him in a lot of very good positions. You know, he does play downhill very well he follows the flow of plays pretty well and i think that you know he's that's why he's able to make so many plays just because his first step puts him towards the ball basically no matter where he is and you know the first step though it lacks a lot of good burst the fact that it's in the right direction and that he shows pretty good instincts is a lot for me because linebacker is arguably the most instinctual position on the entire football field where you have like, you know, like defensive line is all reactive, right? And safety, you can get away with being reactive. And even corner to an extent, you can get away with being reactive. But as a linebacker, if you're reactive, you're left behind and you're not looked at by college scouts at all. I'd say that Barnes is very instinctive and has a good combination of reactive to enhance his linebacker style of play. And it's the right kind of reactive. I also think that, you know, his football IQ shows very high whenever he's playing the pass game because he keeps his eyes on the quarterback's eyes and he knows if the quarterback is going to take off or he knows where the quarterback is planning on throwing it. And if Barnes isn't in a position to make an interception, which a lot of the time he is, then he is in a position to make the tackle very soon in the pass, in the passing game. So, and I think that you can understand his proficiency because in this shortened 2020 season, he had four interceptions, making his career total nine interceptions from the linebacker position, which is pretty monumental, I'd say, and uh, monstrous. And, you know, shows that you don't have to take Nate Barnes off on third down, which is obviously huge. Um, on top of that, he almost matched his career tackles for loss in just one season with 21 compared to before the season. He had 23 total. And, you know, he also had four blocked kicks, which is another statement to his instincts and his ability to get through the line and just that speed that he has. He is a fast player. Uh, I do believe in him. And I think, you know, according to his NCSA recruiting profile, he runs a 4.740 yard dash. And if he doesn't run that, then he at least runs a 4.8, which is still pretty fast for a linebacker, I'd say, and definitely serviceable heading towards that next level. And last but not least, like I said, he is a safe tackler. And, you know, he does have consistent pad level. That is one huge advantage he has over Carson Schultz is he's just fundamentally a hilariously better tackler. And, um, 
you know, it, it's consistent, it's safe, I don't have to worry about missed tackles as much with Nate Barnes, and I think that he'll be able to handle the next level of tackling a lot better than Schultz. But talking about the next level, where do I see Nate Barnes going? You know, obviously high school football in Wyoming just makes it tough. However, I do like the idea of, you know, I don't I don't know anything about Barnes offers, but I do like him a lot as a Wyoming football player. I do think that he can play there. I do think that he is a FCS Division I talent, honestly, with the things that he has going for him. And the things that he needs to improve can easily be ironed out, I'd say. Um, you know, just working on hip movement. I think that's one off season. I think that that's a red shirt season. However, at the bare minimum, he is a D2 player. And I think that there's a lot of opportunities for Nate Barnes here heading into, you know, that recruiting world. I don't know what his recruiting journey has looked like, but I know that, you know, Nate, I think he's going to be a good football player for whoever gets his hands on him. And, you know, if you're a D2 program, you're looking at a potential three-year starter. And if you're an FCS program, you're looking at, you know, easily a one-year starter to maybe even two-year starter with the amount of weight you could put on him still and working on that hip movement. And just his overall speed and playmaking ability already is pretty good. And the things that he can improve on are easy to improve on. So that's what I think about Nate Barnes out of Cokeville High School. And our last one, which actually isn't requested, it's one that I dug up, is the number one recruit out of Wyoming High School, according to 24-7 Sports. Coming up last, but certainly not least. Hello, y'all, and welcome to the last player on Request Part 26 with your host, Cody Stauffer, on the Playmakers Corner. And we're going to be talking about the six foot one, 185-pound, uh, two-star by Rivals, three-star by 24-7 Sports, University of Wyoming commit, Andrew Johnson, the safety. So Andrew Johnson, one thing that I noticed about Andrew Johnson's film is you watch his junior year and he's primarily almost exclusively a wide receiver with some snaps on special teams and on the defensive side of the ball versus his senior year where they put him on defense a lot more and he ends up committing to the University of Wyoming as a safety which I thought was really interesting after watching a lot of the things that he did well at the wide receiver position and I was a little sad as a wide receiver to lose one to the defensive side of the ball however there are a lot of good things to like about Andrew Johnson the safety and one of those things I that you could tell from the wide receiver film and from his 4-4-9-40 is he is dang quick. He has really good speed and awesome acceleration. You know, there are a lot of plays where he uses his makeup speed from across the field to make a tackle that saves a touchdown. And, you know, he's good at tackling from behind and also trying to punch the ball out. He's very instinctive there as a tackler. And, you know, you want that out of your last line of defense, your last, you know, hope from the safety position or at the cornerback position, you want him to be able to have high speed and, you know, not let anyone get past him. I think that Andrew Johnson is capable of doing that in the mountain West. You know, he definitely reminds me of a Langston Williams, you know, but I think he's a bit more refined and here's a couple of reasons why he plays a lot of different coverages you know in his film he plays cover one he plays cover three he plays cover two zone and I say that you know his zone is proficient at the safety position but you could also roll him down to cornerback in which case he can also play the flats he can play a deep third he can 
you know, do a lot of these things and cover a lot of ground from the speed that he has. And he also is very good at figuring out where to be in the passing aspect of the game. And I think part of that just comes from being a wide receiver and understanding offensive concepts and being able to read those and the quarterback's mind and kind of, you know, I think that he has a lot of potential to bait quarterbacks as far as getting more interceptions with the speed that he has and understanding the concepts that he does. But in addition to that, he can play man coverage from the slot, from the outside cornerback position, from the safety position. He can man up on one options one, two, three, or four. And I can say with the utmost confidence that Andrew Johnson is not going to get burned by any of these guys. And, you know, between his awesome backpedaling that's super fast and it allows him, you know, it gives him some room for error because, you know, no one's going to get past him even on a backpedal. And I'd say that the odds of somebody beating Andrew Johnson deep are slim to none. Um, at least potentially in the Mountain West. It's going to, I feel like it's going to happen, obviously, you know, when he's at Wyoming, but it'll be a special or a fast player that does it. So versatility, we've talked about it on Playmakers Corner here. It does nothing but help you as a player, and it does nothing but help you in our eyes where it's like, wow, I could do kind of whatever I want. And I'm a huge fan of safeties that, you know, I can roll down who are opportunistic blitzers like Andrew Johnson here off the edge and watch film and can time it and get a good blitz and get a quick sack or make a huge hit in the backfield kind of play or get a strip sack from the nickel cornerback position slash put leave him at the nickel cornerback and let him man up or leave him at the nickel cornerback and buzz the flats play a middle hook zone put him out at you know outside corner and have a man up don't let him get beat deep kind of thing or play those flats and make a huge hit on a tailback that's leaking out or get an interception on an out route that he baits and allows to leave open move him back to the safety position have him play kind of a cowboy cover one you know speaking of which playing for the university of wyoming i could see him running a cowboy concept with him and you know um just because he's so athletic he's so fast you can ask him to do so much he understands the game of football and mentally he understands what to do in the passing game from being a wide receiver I also think that what makes him such an intriguing safety is, you know, he meets the ball at the highest or best point for swats and receptions. And that's once again, that wide receiver mentality carrying over to the other side of the ball. That's my ball. And you know, what, what are you going to do to stop me basically? Um, and last but not least, he's one of the better tacklers on this list from the players that I've seen, you know, he consistently tackles low and, you know, with his acceleration, he could definitely get a lot of steam coming in and make a pretty solid hit right at the waist. And, you know, he's been shown to also hit the ball out. He's basically like the best of both worlds as far as, you know, intensity and, you know, speed from your Carson Schultz's of the world. And also just like being very fast off the line whenever getting a chance to blitz. And then, you know, your Nate Barnes, where you have a bit more fundamental tackler who gets low and doesn't lose the leverage battle as easily. With all those things being said, I will talk about some areas of improvement that the University of Wyoming will need to address for Andrew Johnson heading into, you know, this Division One uh, Mountain West Conference. And the first thing is getting ready for the run game. You know, the Mountain West does run the ball pretty effectively, I'd say. Uh, I'd say that, you know, out of all the conferences, they can definitely run better than they can pass, um, even though that's not saying the most if you watch a lot of Mountain West football. But anyways, he needs to improve in the run game. He's a very 
average, maybe even subpar player in the run game where, you know, he either gets blocked pretty easily or he can't disengage from getting blocked very well. And he also doesn't show a lot of instinctive play in the run game and plays super reactive. And there's a couple of reasons why. The first thing being is that the first step could use a lot of improvements. You can see it in his wide receiver film that his stance is not super conducive to a very explosive first step. And, you know, he just play. he starts plays standing almost straight up. And that's part of the problem is that he has no leverage to push off and get going somewhere. And I think he needs to improve his leg strength because he needs to get to places in a bigger hurry. And part of that comes from explosiveness, you know, doing those power cleans, getting in that weight room. And then I also think it's a mentality problem from the safety position where he's just doesn't show a lot of urgency to play in the run game. And I talked about this with Elijah Graham before, you know, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go ahead and give that a listen. That's another request episode. I believe that's request part 22. I want to say maybe part 20, um, where, you know, they just don't have as much of an eagerness to play in that run game. Um, and part of that's just being more physical, being stronger. I think putting on weight would be huge for Andrew here because he is only 185 pounds. So that puts him in more of a position to play that slot corner or that cornerback. But, you know, if he can get up to 195, then I think he'll play with a bit more confidence in the box as a safety who can make plays in the run game as well. Um, I also want to point out that, you know, he needs to get stronger for shedding blocks too, you know, so just getting in that weight room and using those D1 facilities is going to be huge for Andrew as far as long-term outlook here. And I want to see him working on, you know, hips and footwork more fluid. His lateral movement is kind of hard to watch and it's, you know, kind of like nails on a chalkboard, honestly, to the eyes because it's really clunky and not ready for the next level just outright and it's kind of surprising to see that out of a player as athletic as andrew johnson and as you know just versatile as andrew johnson to not have that hip movement or that footwork for that fluidity um so talking about andrew johnson here at the university of wyoming once again i like talking about how he pairs up you know andrew johnson you're going to have one guy who's going to be locked down by Zaire Jackson in the future, right? There, Whoever the number one is, I can focus on Zaire Jackson having that locked down. And then for Andrew Johnson, you can allow him to be a bit more of a chess piece and open up some of your defensive schemes a little bit more. If you have one guy that you can trust to play man-to-man, -man, and that's Zaire Jackson. So I like that for Andrew Johnson, and Andrew's got to be ecstatic about that. You know, I definitely think it's one of those things where Johnson benefits a lot more from playing with Jackson. But Jackson, you know, in those cover one situations, in those cover three situations, is going to make more plays knowing that he has Andrew Johnson, who's a very rangy, opportunistic, playmaking, pass coverage safety behind him on certain looks to play a bit more aggressive, jam receivers a little bit harder and, you know, allow Johnson to make even more plays if Zaire takes his guy completely out of play, which once again, if you haven't already, please listen to our top cornerbacks in Colorado class of 2021 edition. I believe that it was episode 18 or 19. It's the one featuring Jesse Booten. Give that a listen. Lots of good advice from a current college football coach. And it talks about the top cornerbacks in Colorado and the things that, that they do well. But back to Andrew Johnson and the University of Wyoming. He absolutely needs a redshirt year. I have zero doubt about that unless they want to use him on special teams 
which they absolutely could because he does have that field goal blocking prowess. It's kind of the same outlook that I talked about and that Simon and I talked about with Langston Williams on our top cornerbacks episode where he just needs more refinement playing in the run game and being an overall better football player. Also, it never hurts to get used to the college lifestyle. But, you know, he definitely has a lot of growing to do and he has to get a lot stronger to be able to play this college ball. And I think that he's afforded that time and should just, you know, make the most of it. And then following that, I think he could definitely be a role player his second year and then potentially a starter his third and fourth year, depending on if he makes these improvements that I talked about, playing a bit more aggressive in the run game, putting on some weight, and just being a... I'd say that his hip fluidity is the most important thing for him to work on to become a a full-time starter at the University of Wyoming. But that does it for all of our Wyoming players. On request, part 26 of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Once again, if you don't, follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also check out our YouTube channel. We've been releasing some interviews there, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor. So, you know, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Stay tuned for Friday's episode where we have Sean Kidd on, uh, who's a great story. We actually had an opportunity to meet him as well as the Bordeaux's all great and lovely people and Simon and I were super grateful for the opportunity to be able to meet up with them safely and you know just have an overall good time but that does it for me Cody Stoffer on episode 26 request part 26 I should say the Wyoming episode and I will catch you next time peace